My name is Kate the Socialite, and you're listening to episode 80. Guys, this was one of the most fun episodes I've ever recorded because I asked you all on social media to send me your questions, and they could be questions about marketing, about me personally, and oh my goodness, there are a lot of questions about me personally, so I'm going to be tackling those first, and then we're going to round things off with your frequently asked asked marketing questions and I get a lot of questions on a given day through social through email and I'm really glad that I'm able to make this episode and get things answered once and for all now this episode is full of easy to use marketing tips and juicy details about me that you either always wondered or never wanted to know so if you don't know me yet you'll feel like you do after hearing this episode but Before we get into it, I have a favor to ask. If you have not left a review for The Kate Show yet, I highly encourage you to do so. You can leave a review on iTunes, you can subscribe on iTunes as well, or Google Play or Spotify, and help a girl out. You know, your reviews really matter, and I am just so thankful to have a five-star rating on iTunes. That means the world to me. So before we dive in, here is our review of the week from Roll Purple. She says, love the easy to follow format, great ideas and advice and length of the podcast. Well done. Thank you so very much. And you know what? I've gotten a lot of comments about the length of my episodes because they're anywhere from 20 to 35 minutes. And I've played around with this a lot, and I've realized that not only do I prefer consuming content that is a little bit on the shorter side, like my episodes tend to be, but you guys love it too, because it's a perfect little commute distance. Uh, It's a perfect little thing to listen to when you're going from one project to another, and it's easily digestible, because I know that I give you guys a lot of actionable tips, and if I were to drone on and on about that for an hour or more, it would just be too much. It would be overwhelming. So because this is a very action-oriented podcast, I am happy to keep giving you guys this content that is 20 to 35 minutes in length each time. So thank you for letting me know that you love that. All right, let's dive in to the juicy Q&A. Marketing your interior design or home staging business should be easy and relational. My name is Kate the Socialite, and I believe in action, not just ideas. And I share strategies that have proven to work right here every week. If you're serious about growing your business in the home industry, you're in the right place. Welcome to The Kate Show. When I sat down to gather my notes for this particular episode, I realized just how frequently I get asked the same questions over and over. And the first question I'm going to start with today is by far the one I get asked most frequently and it is from Amy. So Amy asked, why do you only work with people in the home industry? Great question. You guys may have heard bits and pieces of my story throughout the podcast if you've been a listener for a little bit, but here is the Cliff Notes version. I tried serving every type of business owner as a marketer, and it honestly limited my success. So after almost two years of struggling to get the right clients and really just wanting to give up, I took an online course called B-School from Marie Forleo, 
And that course taught me how to define my ideal client, why it was so important to do that, how to market to them, and why specializing in a certain client type made for an uber successful business. And I recommend that course, B-School, to many of my clients. My clients have taken it, and we can't say enough good about it. It is just amazing what can happen when we get clear on who we want to serve and we don't act from a place of paranoia where we start to think, well, if I specialize in this type of client or this type of service or both, I'm going to alienate all these other people who could have been my clients. When the truth of it is, making yourself a specialist with a niche market just makes you more marketable, it makes your business more lucrative, and it ultimately does put more money in your pocket, but in a completely authentic and honorable way. Because when you are able to focus on one type of client or one type of project, you're able to deliver at a higher level. While that can also demand a higher price point, it really just makes it easier for you to serve your customers in the best possible way and give them the greatest experience they could have. Now, I want you also to know that my education and my business growth did not end with taking that B-School course from Marie Forleo. I also started working with a business coach, and a lot of you know her, Michelle Williams, and she coached me on how to manage my income set my prices and not feel bad about myself and really believe in what I had to offer. And Michelle is still one of my closest mentors and I am so thankful to have her in my life. So if you're looking for a business coach, just so you know, she does specialize in the design industry. So she's perfect for designers and stagers and workrooms. You could head over to scarletthreadconsulting.com to learn more about her. She has a lot of different ways that you can work with her. And I am just really proud to know her and to be mentored by her. Okay, next question. Rebecca asked, how did you choose your niche market? So this is another good question. After taking the B-School course, I was able to realize that my favorite and best clients happened to all be in the home industry. When I realized that, I started slowly letting go of my other clients and started specializing all of my products and my services and my marketing to meet the needs of designers, stagers, and workrooms. And that's where I am today. Doing that quickly brought a lot of publicity to my business and to me that hasn't stopped since. Because again, once you specialize in something, people see you as the person to talk to about whatever it is you're specializing in. And as long as you can deliver the value and the quality that you are promising, there is nothing wrong with this. And I have just been abundantly blessed to have found this industry and to have made the connections that I have. And I I would never ever go back and try to serve everyone because my heart would not be in that. So if you haven't gotten clear on who your niche market is and your ideal client, you need to do that because it will absolutely have the ability to take your business to the next level. That said, our next question comes from Robin and she wants to know how many people are on your team? 
So I have three people aside from myself on my immediate team, and then I have three more people on the fringes of my team, which means they don't work with me on a daily basis or maybe not even a weekly basis, but they're always involved, such as my bookkeeper, my CPA, my business advisor, financial advisor, people like that. They are definitely part of my team. They're just not always needing to be involved, but I do have my core group of people, me and three other women, and I am so, so thankful that I have them because there's no way I could run Socialite on my own. Lisa asks, where are you located? I get this one a lot. So guys, here, here's the scoop. I live in Wisconsin. I live near the state capital, which is Madison, and I'm surrounded by farm fields, farm families, and a close-knit community, and I love it. Now, aside from the long, harsh winters here in Wisconsin, I truly believe it's one of the best places on earth. Our summers are beautiful and gorgeous and lush and green, and our falls are just beautiful with all the different rich colors with the leaves turning and the crisp air and the pumpkin spice lattes and all the things. I really, really don't like winter though. It is too long, too dreary, and then spring is just a big, wet, muddy mess and not a huge fan of that either. But I will live in Wisconsin for the rest of my life if I can help it just to experience summer and fall. Emma asks, were you ever an interior designer? No. And my ability to look objectively at the design industry makes it easier for me to successfully help you guys who are in the thick of it. Do you know what it means to not be able to see the forest through the trees? Well, sometimes I run into that issue when I'm marketing my own business because I am up to my eyeballs in it every single day that it can be hard to step away and look objectively at it. Now, I have found ways to do this because clearly I'm marketing my business, clearly I'm growing, but when you are in the thick of your business and you're already putting all your creative energy into your projects and your own clients, it can be hard to think, now how do I market this? And that's where I come in, where I have this outside view, but I get the insider knowledge because this is the only industry that I serve. Jennifer asked along with this, do you have a degree in marketing? Mm-hmm. So guys, I have a degree in professional writing and here's the real truth. I truly feel that college was a waste of my time and my money. I use 0% of my college education to run my business and I do feel that running a business is an MBA all its own, one that a classroom could never truly capture. But that doesn't mean that nobody should go to college. Obviously, I'm not against college. Um, It was fun, but that's expensive fun. Like, my goodness. And just knowing where I ended up in my career and that I haven't used anything that I learned, it's just like, why did I do that? But I think, honestly, what happens is we're forced at a very young age, 18, 19, 20, whatever, to choose our life path. And that often changes once we get a few years older and get out into the real world. And we're like, well, this isn't what I want at all. And I know a lot of you have been there. A lot of my friends have been there. We still wonder why we chose the majors that we did. But you know what? In some ways, it all comes full circle. And I do believe there is no such thing as a coincidence. So the path that we each have taken may not make sense right now, but it will from a bird's eye view. Lynn asked, how old are you? So I'm 28. 
at the recording of this episode. And is it weird that I'm excited to turn 30? I don't know. I mean, my husband likes to tease me that I'm getting old, but he is, in fact, four years older than me. And I still feel the same as when I was like 17. So honestly, I feel like I, I also look the same too. So I'm really not worried about this. Uh, maybe I will be worried eventually. I don't know. But I am embracing my late 20s. I'm looking forward to my early 30s. And there's just a lot of good things happening in life. And we can either give into it or be dragged. You know, like that's how life works. So I'm giving into it and embracing it wholeheartedly. Okay, the next question I got was from Max, and she wants to know, are you a natural redhead? Well, yes, actually, in fact, I am. It's my most significant physical trait, and I do get asked this question every time I go to the salon. And mind you, I've been going to the same salon for like five years, but it's a really big salon and there's just a lot of stylists who have to say something about my hair. And it's funny because when my husband sees another redhead, he's immediately like, oh, she looks just like you. Even if the red hair is the only similarity that we have, which really cracks me up. And it's kind of weird because nobody else in my immediate family has red hair. I just get it from my grandma, she gets it from her dad, and because of that, I'm really proud of it. I'm really honored to have it because it's kind of like a family heirloom that I was just given, and it's pretty cool. Max also asked me, do you hope your baby has red hair? So just so you guys know, at the time of this recording, my baby girl is not born yet. But by the time you're listening to this, she is. So you should go to my Instagram at Kate the Socialite and check her out. Oh my goodness, I can't believe that she is almost here. And to answer Max's question, I think that it would be great if she had red hair, but she's going to be super cute no matter how she looks. So I'm just excited to see her. Monique is asking, what is the design aesthetic or color palette of your baby girl's nursery? Okay, so my baby girl's nursery is a feminine woodland theme with pink and orange and light and dark green and some brown. Basically, think of the woods and wildflowers. That's her space. I'm super excited about it. The next question is a juicy one and hopefully not too polarizing, but I am glad to be answering it because I think that we need to normalize this a little bit more. And this question came from Eva. She asked, why did you opt for a home birth? Not a lot of people know that I'm planning a home birth. And again, by the time you're listening to this episode, that birth will have already happened. But I still want to explain why I chose it. And I do want to say, first of all, there is no wrong way to give birth. If you want an epidural, a C-section, a dolphin birth, you do you. All that matters is that you and your baby feel safe and supported. And second, I realized I don't really have the right to barge into a maternity ward and then insist that the hospital staff agree to all my preferences, because guys, this girl's got preferences, but I do have that power in my own home. And also, I was present for the home births of my two youngest brothers, and they were the most peaceful experiences ever, but birth just wasn't scary. And because I'm being attended by a midwife with 40 years of birthing experience and I have a labor and postpartum doula, my husband and my mom will be present, I just feel so much peace about this. 
plus I guys I have a really easy pregnancy I was only sick until 14 weeks and I'm just flying through this um, I pass all my tests with flying colors I'm very blessed in that regard so not everyone is a good candidate for a home birth it would actually be a foolish decision for some people if you have different health concerns or it's just not in your comfort zone but for me it's a good option so I'm really glad that I get to choose that now I am debating on whether or not to share my full birth story here on the podcast let me know if you guys want to hear it and I'll, I'll consider putting it in but otherwise I'm just gonna leave it right here The next question I got asked was a very interesting one, and it is, will becoming a mom hinder your ability to serve your clients, your socialite vault members, and so on? And I'm honestly surprised by how many people asked this question since I've announced my pregnancy. I guess I wasn't really expecting it to be a common assumption that it would be a problem since motherhood and entrepreneurship are not mutually exclusive these days. But neither here nor there, I know that a lot of you just want to know, especially if you're working with my team right now and you're just trying to make sure that nothing is going to change. The short answer is, I have a team. My business can run without me and y'all won't even know that I'm taking a little time away. That's the beauty of having a team and having automation. The long answer is, Go listen to episode 73 of this podcast to hear how I baby-proofed my business. Because guys, I started baby-proofing this business from the day I started it. I always knew that I wanted to be a mom and an entrepreneur, and I wanted to make sure that I would never have to choose between the two. I don't want to stop one in name of the other. There's no such thing as perfect balance but if I can make a business that fits into my lifestyle versus contorting my lifestyle to fit into my business, then that would be the ideal situation. And I'm really excited that that's where we are now at. Okay, guys, we're going to take a quick break. And then when we come back, I'm going to answer all the questions you guys sent me about marketing. And some of these questions are very specific, which I love. So we're going to spend a lot of time going over each one. Does marketing your interior design, home staging, or workroom business give you anxiety? Guys, I get it. I used to hate marketing. That is, until I found a way to make it easy and simple. Now I share my secrets with all my members over at socialitevault.com. As a member, you get access to social media posts, captions, hashtag sets, email newsletters, client welcome packets, branded magazines, and more, ensuring that you'll have a complete sales funnel for attracting new clients even when you're asleep or just too busy to even think about your marketing. Turn those hours you spend worrying about your marketing into hours spent working on new client projects. Your business deserves high quality marketing and you deserve to get your time back. There is no contract required for this service, so head over to socialitevault.com to get started. All right, guys, now it's time to answer the marketing questions that you all have been asking. And like I said earlier, these are pretty specific. So if you have a notebook handy, you may want to take a few little notes here. Sarah M. asked, when running a booth at a vendor fair, should I include little freebies like candy or something to stand out? What about offering a raffle to win a consult and grow my mailing list? Okay, guys, I mean, chocolate is always a good idea. If your ideal client is female, it's more than just a treat. It's straight up bait. 
But on a more serious note, uh, you do need to keep your ideal client in mind if you are giving away little things at your booth. And there's nothing wrong with handing out some chocolate, uh, but there are also other things you need to keep in mind. If you run a raffle to grow your mailing list, and that essentially means, you know, have everyone write down their email address, put it in a jar, and then you'll pull one out at the end of the event and let them know, hey, you want to consult with me? Keep in mind, you might automatically attract people who like free things and who like to win things. They might not actually be the type of person who has the funds to pay you for a full project, and nor would they be inclined to do so. Instead, combine your two ideas. Offer a piece of high quality chocolate or whatever it is to anyone who puts themselves on your email signup sheet. It's not because they're going to win something, it's just because they want the treat. It's totally okay. It's like the real life version of a lead magnet, only your lead magnet has something to do with food, but that's okay. However, if you want to be even more strategic, have them fill out a little survey, maybe three to five questions that qualifies them as a lead. That way you know, sure, you're giving away chocolate to people who will never ever be your ideal client, but you can quickly pinpoint the ones that will be, and that's the most important. Be sure to also give those people a flyer or a brochure that highlights their services. Amanda asked, how should I respond to a client who wants to negotiate my prices? I need exact wording, please. Okay, first of all, don't negotiate with these people. If someone says they want to negotiate, it's the first sign of disrespect towards you as the professional. You should just thank them for being obvious and then run in the opposite direction. Well, you know, okay, running for your life might be frowned upon in modern society, so here is a handy little script you can use instead. And this can be done via email or it can be said in person at your business name, so at my staging company or my design firm, quality and client happiness matter most. Our prices are not up for negotiation, but we can offer you a smaller service package at a more affordable price point. We don't water down our services because we know you deserve the best. If they continue to haggle, wish them a nice day and move on to the next one. Jill asked, how can I get a better plan in place for social media? I'm overwhelmed, but I know I should be using it. Well, I mean, should you? This is the question of the hour. You should only be on social media as a business if your ideal client is there as well. There is no rule that states that every modern business must be on the gram or on Facebook or some other platform. If your ideal client is, in fact, a social media user, limit yourself to posting three times per week. On Mondays, share a photo of your work. On Wednesdays, share a design or staging tip. On Fridays, share a photo of you, your family, or behind the scenes of your work. Make sure that each image has a good caption and that at least one post per week asks your followers to click the link in my bio or DM me to book a consultation. That call to action is so important. Kimberly wants to know, what is the best platform for my new website? Hands down, I recommend Squarespace. Unlike WordPress, Weebly, or Wix, Squarespace has built-in SEO, many robust features, a short learning curve, and plus their templates just look amazing, and they're easy to customize. Additionally, WordPress is one of the most widely used platforms, but it's becoming pretty darn clunky. You have to log in at least once a month to manually update plugins or repair broken plugins to prevent your site from going offline. It's also difficult to use if you just want to update your portfolio or make small changes on your own. 
Now Squarespace doesn't use plugins and it also makes it easy for my clients, for example, to update their own websites as they please. As a business owner, you should have full control of your website, even if you ultimately choose to hire a pro to make any design changes. So to your question, Kimberly, I would say check out Squarespace and then make sure that you work with a designer who is skilled in Squarespace. You don't just want someone to take one of their templates and then plug in your information. You do still want a custom design, one that is unique to your brand. So make sure you do your research before hiring a website designer. Maria asked, where on my website should I put my lead magnet or email signup form? Do I need to put it at the end of each blog post? Okay, so your lead magnet or your email opt-in should be presented as a banner across the top of your site, viewable on every page of your site. Avoid using pop-ups unless they show up in just the lower right or left corners of your site, because the problem is full page or center page pop-ups have lower conversion rates because they just tend to irritate people. Make sure that you or your website designer also disables any pop-ups on the mobile version of your website for the same reason. Even corner pop-ups on mobile will be big enough to block the entire mobile screen and really irritate the heck out of your visitors. So guys, just be careful with the pop-ups. But one thing you really can't go wrong with is a banner across the top of your site. So Maria, I hope that answers your question in full. And just remember too that the verbiage you use for your lead magnet or your email signup form will determine whether or not it's effective no matter where you place it. Don't just say, here to sign up for my email newsletter. Instead, you could say, join now to receive my monthly design tips or my monthly staging tips or learn how to expand your real estate business through staging, join now. Or learn more about soft furnishings and how to find the right ones for your space by joining right here. You need to have some convincing verbiage that's more than just sign up for my newsletter because that is a little bit boring. All right, guys, this wraps up our Q&A and I'm keeping the marketing questions to a minimum only because that's 100% of what I normally talk about on the podcast. So I just wanted to make this episode more of a fun and a lighthearted look at everything, everything that you guys are hearing from me and things going on behind the scenes. So I hope that you've been entertained for these last few minutes. And as always, guys, I hope that you can also keep your marketing simple and your message clear. And I look forward to receiving more questions from all of you as we move forward. And if you have any other input questions, you want to leave a review, please don't hesitate. I love hearing from all of you. Thanks for listening. Visit us at thekateshowpodcast.com where we empower home professionals with marketing confidence.